so I so I did uh, four four interviews as a PA and got turned down by all of them because they all said, "Well, we're looking for a guy." And within a year, I became Fran Drescher's personal assistant. And then within another year of that, I became an associate producer on the show. Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm John. And we are the co-founders of Ave, and we're building the first nationwide location scouting company. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to work with some incredible producers uh, every single day, both on our Ave team and as clients. And they are truly amazing, unsung heroes working behind the scenes to make miracles happen every day on shoots. And this podcast is all about highlighting them and just uncovering their stories and, and telling their adventures. So we're excited for you to join us and let's get started. Today, we're talking with Jen Anzel. Jen has worked as a producer specializing in music videos and multi-cam live performance productions for over 20 years. Working with top artists ranging from Gwen Stefani, Pink, Eminem, Reba McIntyre, John Mayer, My Chemical Romance, Blake Shelton, and our personal favorite, Jimmy World. If you want to learn more about Jen, you can explore more of her work at tinyterrorproductions.com. I started in the business uh, in Los Angeles. I went to film school at NYU and moved to LA right from film school. And I got a job as a PA on The Nanny, the TV show with Fran Drescher. I did uh, four four interviews as a PA and got turned down by all of them because they all said, well, we're looking for a guy. And, and this is the 90s. So you you could say that wow. back then. Go for You're just too small. We we need a guy that can carry stuff from from the stage to the production office and so on and so forth. And I kept getting turned down. And my last interview was on the nanny. And so I was like, God, I got to figure out how to get this job. So I went up. I did the interview, and the producer Kathy Landsberg, who is actually now here in Nashville, and we're still friends, um, and Janice Minsberg, the PM, both women. They were like, well, we hate to say this, but the truth of the matter is the production office was two stories up, um, two flights of stairs. The, the stage or sound stage was way across the lot. Like, we, we, we need somebody that can, you know, carry cases of copy paper across the lot and bring them up here. And I'm like, all right, I can do it. I can do that. Just why don't you give me the chance? Give me, give me one week. I'll work for free. And if, if I can't do all the things you need physically, if I'm just not capable, then, then, yeah, then let me go and you don't have to pay me. And they're like, all right, I mean, yes. to lose. So I did. I mean, my dad built me this this wagon and I used it to carry big, heavy things across the lot. And I would get to the stairs <laughs> and, you know, just figured out how to get things up there and figured out how to do it. And within a year, I became Fran Drescher's personal assistant. And then within another year of that, I became an associate producer on the show. How would you say, how has like production changed from the 90s until now? Like, hmm. uh, obviously, I mean, you kind of alluded to some things, but I would love to hear well, you sum that up. For one thing, which, which amazes a lot of younger people, you know, we didn't have computers to send call sheets out. So when I PA'd, we literally, there'd be 10 of us or whatever. And as soon as the call sheet was ready, and you guys know, sometimes we don't get the call sheet till 10 o'clock the night before a shoot, right? 
there's 10 PAs standing yeah. by with, with our list of addresses to go put them under people's doors because we had to hand deliver call sheets. Wow. The production office would call people with their call with their call times, but we would go and hand deliver them along with the production books to, you know, all the heads and, and talent and all that stuff. So, I mean, that, that in itself was one thing. Um, but the biggest yeah. thing, I think the biggest change is locations. Like the ability to source and find locations and, and things like, um, like the interior of an airplane or a barge or just any sort of location. I mean, we used to, yeah. there was no way to Google and look at pictures of this or that. You had to go there. Someone physically had to go there. I mean, I, I look back and I don't know how we did a lot of the things we did. Um, I mean, there was one time we were shooting on film in Florida. Um, I can't remember. It was a, it was a, a hip hop artist. Um, I can't remember his name, but um, we were shooting on a boat and we we're shooting film. This was like, you know, back in the nineties, they were still shooting film on most everything. And we're on this boat and they're, and they already started the day way late. He was super late. And, and so we're on the boat, we're out shooting and they're, they run out of film and they don't have, it was a big boat. They didn't have time to go back. And it was in Fort Lauderdale. They didn't have time to go back to the dock. So they, they had this whole elaborate plan, which they actually did. I was just producing the making the video on this, which I'm really glad I wasn't the producer. They decided to go under this bridge <laughs> and have these PAs go on top of the bridge and throw the film off the bridge onto the boat. And that's what they did. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's logical. Yeah. That's a big logical. Big camps, you know? know? When I was a kid, like, I remember when, like, cell phones came out. You know, I remember when the internet was rolling, mm -hmm. just got going. But, like, production-wise, like, as you talk about this, you know, pre-internet phase of production or season of production, is there anything that is nostalgic about it for you at this point? Or, like, that was, you feel like was extra... I guess magic that could happen back then just because it was like you're saying you're filming one film and you're hoping that it turns out and you're hoping that you're getting something that looks the way it's supposed to. And you just don't know. There's something I think kind of magic about that. Obviously more stressful, obviously more difficult, but do you, how do you feel like, is it, you're just happy to be done with it and happy mm -hmm. to be where we are today with technology or is there some no, I bittersweet? Think it's bittersweet? I think, um, well, for one thing, um, the reward like when I do like a multi-cam live show and we've got all the monitors up and we're watching all the cameras now, it's like, okay, you know, it feels great. What, what use, I mean, I still love it. And I still get an adrenaline rush from live stuff, which is why it's my favorite thing to do. But, but when I did it on film, the real adrenaline rush was okay. The show looks great. My cameras are in place. Everybody's rolling. Now, if everything is on those mags, it's going to look awesome. But the adrenaline rush is, is everything on those mags? And so the the reward yeah. when you do finally see the film is, is quite a bit greater because you've had to wait for it. You know, it's not, there's no instant gratification. Yeah. There, back then there wasn't. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to that, and I'm an adrenaline junkie, so I guess I I miss a little bit of that. How did Tiny Terror, your your production company, originally like come to life, and what what do things look like now? When I moved to Nashville in 2004, and then I started finally 
like I took a lot of meetings because I had all the the record label clientele out in New York and LA. But when you moved here, I thought, oh, that would just translate right over, and I would just work with the the people at those labels here, but it didn't work that way. It took a while for me to kind of get my foot in the door, regardless of, you know, the experience I had and the real I had, it's just, I was an outsider. So once I did start working though, for those companies, I was working nonstop producing and it was great. But as time went on, and as you guys probably are very well aware, budgets started getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and it was harder and harder to produce them, especially for, companies that had overhead. But for someone like me, I wasn't making enough money just producing them. And I was doing, you know, wearing 17 hats. There was no location scouts, location companies. I mean, there may have been, but we couldn't afford to pay them. Um, So, you know, then we're working 24 hours around the clock. And and I, I had said to a number of the companies that I worked for, like, I see things changing. I see this production going in a way that you need to eliminate overhead. Um, in order, if you want to keep at yeah. least in music videos, not necessarily so much commercials, yeah. but uh, that, at that point I decided, you know what, I'm just going to, I had a lot of directors I worked with and they all kind of were like, Hey, why don't you do your own thing? We'll, you know, we'd love for you to rep us. We'd love for you, you know, for you to be running the show. So I just took that leap and, and did it. And to be honest, it was a little tough stepping outside of the box into my own company from the companies that already existed. Um, you know, there was a little pushback and, you know, we pushed through it and, and here we are and everything's great. And it can, it, it was the best choice I've ever made. And, um, yeah. I'm really grateful that I did it and for all the support that I did have from a lot of people. Um, but it, but it, it was for the best because as far as budgets went and as far as things go now, regardless of what genre it is, be it music or uh, sports or, or television or commercials, I have the control to put more on screen if, if that's what I feel the project requires because I, I control my overhead and, you know, having yeah. it or not so that I can actually make the best product, the product I want to make. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Producer Stories. We salute all of the hardworking producers out there. And if you need locations for your next shoot anywhere in the U.S., we can help at avay.com. That's A-V-V-A-Y.com. We'll see you next time.